0: I can't do it all here. It's tough. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. Hey,
1: Doug. Doug, I have a quick question. Yes, ma'am. Are you gonna like give us bio intros or are we supposed to-
0: I'm giving bio intros for everybody, but they're really short. Okay. Um, because we found out they were, it was just taking too long. Uh, and then at the end, I, I let you guys plug whatever you wanna plug. Okay. And now I am going, hold on, live on Facebook. Ooh, hold on. Hey, what's your, what's the Zoom address um, here, Mariah? Just to do it. What's your, it's uh, Mariah? Uh, oh, the email address. Yeah.
2: Mariah at Okay, because
0: it's not letting me. And then what's the password? Because it's not George letting me. It's not letting me go G. live without without that.
2: George with a capital G. Thirteen exclamation. Now you can all hack my life, because that's my dog. (laughs) Don't record that part. (laughs)
0: Uh, Mariah at KeystoneMediation.com? Yep. It's not letting me in.
2: You are the worst with passwords. I think you have what my mother would call the Joliet shitfinger. When you touch stuff, it just breaks.
1: (laughs) Alfred and Freddie, can I make a suggestion? Okay. Instead of calling yourselves Freddie and Elsmith, call yourselves Eddie, Fred, Elsmith, and Freddie because it's like okay.
0: George exclamation mark what
2: George
1: thirteen exclamation point and This is I thought because we Freddie on this side and I'm on that side, right? But you have a mirror, so to us, you're on the left and he's on the right. Oh, okay, that's good. Good point. Thanks,
0: Eric.
1: Yeah, because it mirrors directing it now, are you good, Doug?
0: Uh, it did get me in finally. Uh, hold on on a page I manage. And it will be live on split ready, not on getting split ready. So hold on. Uh going live. Okay. it's good
1: to see you, Elspeth. I miss you.
3: <laughs> you look great, Jerry. Love your hair. Wow.
1: Thank you, Liana. <laughs>
2: I'm going
0: to have to get some styling tips from you, Teresa. All right. Hold on. Show. Spelling would be nice. Uh, September show. And all right. Hold on. You guys can not keep talking.
4: It's fine. are
5: interested
0: in style All right, we are going live. I'll let you know when we're live. If someone can watch to see if it if it's gone live, that would be awesome.
2: Mine says live on Facebook.
0: Okay. So we are live. We're gonna go ahead and get started. Let me get recorded. Remember when I did that, Mariah? I stopped to hit re- I stopped. I didn't hit record. That was awesome. Um, all right. We are here with another episode of Getting Split Ready. This is our September show. And kind of along with the lines of having thematic aspects of our show, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of spirituality, a little bit of of meditation and some other stuff on the show. And we have a great slate of guests today. We have Dr. Elspeth Moit and Freddie Weaver. Founders of the Terra Nova Institute, Relationship and Intimacy Coaches, as well as renowned authors and speakers. We have Patrick Kolscher, attorney, mediator, and collaborative practitioner, and founder of Culture, Conscious Family Law, and Teresa Baron-Kulat, attorney, mediator, and collaborative practitioner as well, past president of the Collaborative Law Institute of Illinois, which is now called, we renamed it. Okay, there you go. And founder of trinity family law pc so we want i want to lead off talking a little bit about and i love this topic you know we were we were not scrambling but trying to figure out like how do we turn what 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 do we break this down at from from a a categorical perspective and one of you suggested seeing divorce as co-creation instead of separation and uh Elspeth, I'd love to lead off with you talking a little bit about that because I think it's fascinating thinking of construction coming from destruction.
5: Either consciously or unconsciously. Whatever shows up in our lives is our creation. Most of it was not created consciously, not intentionally. However, what uh, I'm proposing is to look at how I want to move forward in my life into the future to consider it a co-creation, co-creation with myself then I Conscious about myself when I want what I don't want, and then co-creation with my partner, consciously, not intentionally, or what um, I to look at. So um, I particularly want to emphasize the physical level, like you know, say the furniture, we may move heart, all of that, that is the physical and the three-dimensional world. However, there is another dimension that actually has carried the relationship of most, you know, part of that for a long time, which is the fifth dimension. In the fifth dimension is love, lives uh, like a connection, like, love is not something we can touch, you cannot see it I can, you know, if Freddie were to separate uh, from our relationship, I know know, it's gone, it's gone with him. So there's a physical separation however, not necessarily a energetic separation. And once we can, you know, really creatively move in the realm of the fifth dimension of that what is not visible, however, that actually connects us
0: love the connection is at the very core of what's at least we Wow. That was a lot. And if you could, I hate to, could you move a little closer to the mic uh, if you get the chance? A little, It was a little hard to hear. Um, thanks so much. What I'm dying to hear, because I saw nods coming from Teresa and Patrick a little bit. Talk, if you guys could, about sort of the practical component of that in terms of how you could manage that a little bit and how you manage the process.
1: Yeah, I would actually request if Elspeth and Freddie could describe the Tantra Nova Institute and what they
3: do to give their listener a little bit
0: of... That's a great point. See, that's why we love having you. Uh, She's great. She's great that way, in a lot of ways. Yes.
3: So Tantra Nova Institute, we've been here in Chicago for 20 years, and we've shared our work all over the world uh, with all kinds of groups and couples and individuals. The work uh, essentially is learning practices that can deepen our capacity to live with smooth grace, ease, and flow into what our most deep desires are. So, you know, we have this idea of what we'd like to create in our life, and oftentimes the only thing in the way is ourselves, though it appears that it's outside of ourselves. So, the practices we teach, they're really a a variation of meditation that come from the East and the practices from the West in terms of what we know around uh, generative language and creative self-discovery and the approaches and therapeutic approach in language, how we can shift what we're creating.
5: Yeah, and at the core, it's really yeah. at the core, it's really about creating relationship. Most of us have fallen into relationship. Sorry about that interruption. No, it's fine. Uh, so, so creating consciously, none of us has learned that. You know, we fall in love. We don't speak about creating love. And so, as I said earlier, love is in the fifth dimension, which is the energetic dimension. We want to learn how to move in the energetic dimension of creating intimacy and love consciously. So when we uncouple, we can also create, you know, that uncoupling
0: consciously in terms of love, connection, um, and yeah, the emphasis on creating and conscious. Wow. That's really, <laughs> no, it, it, it's a while, it's like really trying to process that whole thing because I think um, people do tend to um, move through life without uh, a deliberate consideration with what they're doing, They they, they don't know their intent. And things like that, right? They they sort of react to things instead of responding to them, and that. And it sounds like you're bringing that to relationships.
1: Yeah,
5: right. Also, Doug, it's like that. None of us. It's a generational. It would has been passed on. You know, if we look at how much training and education and preparation we get for our careers, years of preparation. Do we get preparation
0: for relationships? None whatsoever. Well, just what you see on TV, and a lot of that is not. Very productive.
2: Well, I would also say that we do get a lot of training, but it's going to be from family relationships and other relationships that are not intentional. So our training, to some extent, probably leads us down the wrong path and has to be undone to go into the intentional realm where you're talking about.
3: Yeah, a lot of unconscious modeling that we we
2: learn from, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we're learning. We're just maybe not learning the right things.
0: So you guys like our institute of unlearning. I like that. Unlearning the bad habits that everybody picks up everywhere. Um, What what starts to open up
3: in the work is really choice because it appears that we're subjected to the things that don't work in our life. Of course, we take total credit for the good things. Yet, if we really take uh, full responsibility for everything in our life, we really start to see where we can make shifts. And if we keep looking inward, we can start shifting
5: outward. Yeah, I wanna emphasize something here that um, Mariah, what you said, I don't consider that training I learned—I call this learning by osmosis. Yeah. So training for me is a conscious act, no matter if I become a lawyer or a nurse or, you know, an, a relationship expert. And in each domain that we cultivate ourselves there are certain distinctions and practices. Like, Patrick and Terry wouldn't be lawyers if they hadn't learned certain distinctions with which they can move and then practice. And so in the in the realm of relationship, it's the same. So how we know that we don't have any conscious or int- intentional schooling is that so many relationships fall apart. Not that this is a bad thing going apart. However, for many, it's not, you know, it, it, it's, they just don't know how to sustain go forward and cultivate a higher level of so anyway, said-
0: no that's great and then actually Teresa thank you for that because thank you for like for for encouraging that context because now I, I do really want to know from from a you know the practitioner standpoint for you and Patrick you know I think there's a lot of it and I hear you hear attorneys always talk about like especially when there's kids involved the divorce isn't the end of anything a lot of times it's it's the end of that relationship, but it's not the end that part of the relationship, I guess. But it's not the end of the relationship. So, is do you guys integrate any of the, these these concepts into what you guys do? Yeah, uh,
4: definitely. Um, but I, and I think one of the things that's interesting about what else that saying is that divorce is a time when you have a heightened consciousness on the relationship, right? Got the the process that very much about bringing attention to the relationship with your spouse that you're uncomfortable from the relationship each of you may have with your children and you're you were there to help them try to make decisions choices make a choice about what kind of energy they want to bring into that process so that when they get to the other side of it you're setting them up hopefully for themselves for their their own um relationship with themselves to be um, establishing uh, a, a ground that they can take off from to continue to grow as individuals, and then also if they're they're going to be if their kids, especially in a co-parenting relationship with that that former spouse for a long time, how can we help them create something in the divorce process that sets them up to have better communication when they're in a different form of a relationship after the divorce? It's best for the kids it's best for them um so I I definitely think it's a time of heightened awareness on both our personal relationships maybe choices about what we're going to do going forward as well
1: yeah and and I'll kind of chime in building on what Elspeth said there is really not training in terms of how to be in relationship formal and then people live their life as a married couple, but then something's not working, right? And one of them or both of them decide that it's time to get divorced. And as Patrick said, some of us really do care about the energetic container and the, what they're going to create. But terms terms the, the, the default legal system really does not take that stuff into in account. How to be just in straight, and, formal. Um, and then people live their life as a married couple, but then something's not working. Right, and one of them or both of them decide that they it's time to Facebook. And as Patrick said, some of us really do care about the energetic container and the, what they're going to create. Where is that coming whole, from? The, the default so legal gone. system does Someone not take that Facebook stuff run? into account.
0: Oh, can you guys hear me? Oh, sorry. I thought my sound did something weird there for a second. Sorry. Yeah, a little bit of an echo.
1: So, yeah. So I agree with what Patrick said, right? Our, if, when we're doing our job in a holistic manner, we're helping these people, you know, shift their patterns and create a new foundation to go forward.
2: You said something in our previous podcast. Uh, I'm 99% sure it was you that has stuck with me ever since. Is that there's three types of couples? One, I'm we're one both.
1: Said, yeah. Can I? I'll repeat it. Yeah. Okay, so it's episode 17.1. I'm to <laughs> go back and listen to it. Um, just, and, and this is my, I'm an attorney, yes. I've been practicing since 92, but I've been into astrology and metaphysics and spirituality, you know, since the 70s. But the, what I see in terms of, as a divorce lawyer, the couples that come through my door are either A, both parties are complete. Like, they've worked it out, they've done whatever they came together to do, and they're both ready to move on. And then the second type is where one person feels complete in their relationship, but the other one still wants to hang on to the patterns that they have. And then the third kind is when two people have enmeshed patterns that they keep playing out. Like, so whatever their patterns were in the marriage, they're going to play them out during the divorce. And they're the people who are going to keep playing them out who get married to another person who's going to have the same pattern
2: because they didn't learn from the first marriage. Do you remember when Doug asked you, well, why would they complete the same pattern if they didn't work the first time? Why would they do it again? And we all had a chuckle.
1: No <laughs> one else was to kind
3: of pick that one up. Yeah, again, it comes down to choice. And a lot of what we create in our life, we aren't even aware we're creating because it comes from our subconscious programming, imprints, in, in, in uh, modeling, and so on. So in the work that we teach, it's really learning to develop what we call this witness state of mind, which is where we start to develop a capacity to watch our narrative and watch the energetic self that happens from that narrative. And it's from that place we can start to make conscious choices around what we most deeply desire. Because otherwise it just appears that it re- I'm really justified in making her wrong. Because uh, that's why I'm getting a divorce. Because she went out with some other guy. Or because she doesn't clean the dishes or whatever it might be. Uh, as opposed to it is what it is. And what do I really want in my life without you making watch our choices. One. So that starts to become you know, more of the, the paramount uh, you know, uh, energy that's, uh, that's available. So in the work, really, it's, it's really about um, you know, choosing and learning how to do that. It's
5: really, you always say that, you know, that relationship is a beautiful place. What do you say if I'm in the woods?
3: Right. No, yeah. The, I, the opportunity in relationship is to see something about ourselves that we otherwise wouldn't see. I usually, you know, say I'm fine in the woods by myself. You know, it's when I'm mirrored or triggered by the other, and it, and oh, that process though is really starting to own again my own trigger. So once I can start to do that, you won't do what Terry was saying in terms of that third type, where you keep recreating yourself in the next relationship, in the next relationship, in the next relationship.
0: So do you do you guys do work with people post divorce? Is there are there specific? Um uh, curriculum, or, or you know, I know that you guys are speakers and authors. Do you do you ever focus on that part of the part of the um, the process?
5: Yeah, we work with any person who wants to learn about relationships, and there are you can imagine quite a number of them have either come out of a relationship or a marriage. You know, they usually don't come to us right away because they need to have a certain readiness. To evolve themselves, it's all about self-evolution. And um, so, I'm to a lot into my life. I need to be ready for that. I need to be available. If I still have a crutch holding on to my ex in in whatever way, I am not the space for love to arise and you know be invited. So yes, we work with them but not as an immediate follow up, although Terry sent couples over or individuals, um, more individuals and that use the word really to shift what we just have been talking about it, to shifting their patterns so that they wouldn't repeat the same thing
0: in Interesting. Well if people want to find out more about your practice or more about the, and I want to make sure I get it right, the Tantra Nova Institute, how can they find out more about, about your organization? So
5: we are located on the north side um, of our institute here, and uh, the web page is called
1: TantraNova.com. It's spelled T A N T R A N O V A.com. Tantra Nova, you know, similar to Supernova. Tantra is an
5: ancient practice that uh, is the yoga. Tantra yoga is the yoga of the energetic body, unlike Hatha yoga, as we know it mostly in the West, it's the yoga of the physical body. So either tantranova.com or we have a phone number, 773-525-5006. But we are very visible on the internet, so
4: you can find us there or
0: just put in, you know, Elspeth Lloyd or Freddie Evil, and we'll show up. Awesome. Well, we're going to move on. And, you know, I wanted to talk, it's funny, we've got some repeat guests. I know we're going to end up having you guys, we've just scratched the surface. So I see you guys being on again at some point. Uh, but I want to talk, Patrick, we've had you on before, talking a little bit about your, your practice, right? And your practice, you know, culture, conscious family law, you know, you, uh, you, you told the story last time, sort of how you wanted to do things differently. Uh, and it was interesting at that point, I was kind of walking a different path and I've gotten into some Zen and meditation and things. And I really see it now. Like I see it more than I ever did. Cause it's, you know, been for me kind of a life-changing thing, but talk a little bit about your pivot from traditional law, traditional family law into sort of what you do.
4: Yeah, sure. Um, so I think the, the biggest pivot for me was bringing all of myself into my practice, right? So I, I am someone who meditates and I am someone who, if I can't share that, if I can't be in that space with my clients and I'm not bringing all of myself to them and I realize these tools really help me manage my own anxieties when I need to be in a situation that has sort of a heightened um state of stress, which is exactly what divorce is. It's a, a moment where there's so much stress. And I realized for me a lot of practices that help me get clear, be grounded, set an intention for myself when I'm going into a space like that, that may be a better um communicator to my clients, a better communicator to um Uh, other spouse when we're in a a setting where i can actually address them or their attorney or a judge if i'm in a courtroom if i can be clear and grounded and centered and then i can communicate more clearly and i just realized that is exactly what my clients need because they need to really this is their process this is their life this is their divorce it's not mine and i just want to help facilitate for them an opportunity to make decisions that they'll feel good about in the future to get more awareness around process that they're have they're going through and then make those decisions so um, for me i just realized i was doing a disservice to myself and therefore to my clients um, if i wasn't incorporating some of these practices into both for myself and then being able to share them with clients that are open to it
0: now i want to engage Teresa on this too because you guys have some very big similarities and really see how I approach it. Uh, and Mariah and I have talked, we've had a lot of guests on the show and a, a recurring thing is sort of the shift in the paradigm of, of the whole divorce industry, how people focus on divorce. I mean, just seeing um, Elspeth and Freddie talking, you know, people are are gravitating to and accepting different things. Do you think that this is a trend? Do you think there's going to be more of a, of a pivot toward this type of I'm not going to say divorce because, you know, that's sort of too broad, but this sort of way of getting divorced. Are you directing that to me? Yeah, yeah, yes, please.
1: Um, So when I started back in 2003, I was like, oh, my God, this is the way it should be. And, like, it should – I mean, I really didn't think it would take this long for collaborative and mediation to become mainstream. It it is not yet mainstream, but Patrick and I are not – the only ones. I mean, there are probably a handful of people in the Chicago area. I'm connected with attorneys around the country. Um, I was at a a workshop in Boulder called lawyers as changemakers with people who build their law practice on love. But we're in Chicago, which is the home of the ABA, And so you've got a lot of traditional legal thinkers. but like any evolutionary process, you're going to have a few trailblazers, and then you'll get some more. And eventually, I do believe that this will become the norm because let's say this, too. Culture evolves ahead of the law. So people actually want this, but the legal institutions haven't quite caught up. You know, using Zoom, so for example, like I'm a mediator. I do collaborative. I just instantly transferred over, and my clients are are satisfied. Patrick, I'm guessing, you know, you were able to keep working. The traditional law firm, they're still scrambling to try to figure out how to do it, you know.
0: Do you think, and, and this is for anybody, do you think that the, the, the fact that it hasn't moved faster or that there's any resistance, is it more from... The legal side or is it people like you know when you talk about meditation people are like oh that's weird i'm not into that you know i'm sure elspeth and freddie have people who have like hang-ups where accepting sort of a new perspective and a new new way of doing things you know people have their baggage and they have the things that stand in the way of that what do you think is in the way of more divorce going that way is, is the legal side or the people just being that way
4: to steal Theresa's thunder on the shadow that's coming up here but I think there's a giant we're going through a major trauma right now in the world right and so there's a lot of fear people are going through um, a a giant shadow right now of fear and so some of us will open up to finding practices that uh, will move us forward and others will get stuck in fear and get stuck in those sort of more primal responses And I think that there's a real opportunity to crack through that. But it's really, it's a matter of things happening, I think, on a larger level, but also that, you know, culturally here more locally, culturally, nationally, and then throughout the world. But I think this is happening. It's going to happen. We're gonna move towards this because it's it's a natural progression in this direction. But, um, you know, that doesn't mean the Joe who walks through my office is going to be open to it necessarily, right? But I do think, and I really believe um, that what I put out into the world comes to me. So I do attract people that are open to it, right? I put out into the world that I'm doing this conscious practice. I make an intention for it. I set that very clearly. Those people come to me because I put it out. But if I were, you know, more traditional and in the law, just like the law, you think about, you talk to a lawyer, they're always talking about CYA, right? It's the we're always trying to protect ourselves. We're always trying to, we're taught, we're trained to, to raise doubt, to raise um, carefulness, cautiousness, right? So the, the practice, the people that are in the practice are going to move more slowly towards change. Okay, wait, I do
1: have a, an answer, Doug, that I think maybe will satisfy multiple levels of the question. And that is uh, the morphogenetic field If you're familiar with that concept like there are ideas and they exist in a field just like gravity is a field electricity is a field intelligence and information is a field and just like you know first there were covered wagons that drove across the united states those are now interstates because more people drove on them and eventually you can go faster
0: i love that analogy
1: yeah, so that's how I think of what I have been doing. Like in 2002, I was that little, you know, covered wagon going through, you know, the, the city of Chicago and saying, "This is possible. This is possible. People don't have to fight." Um, and now, you know, we had 50 people at our first training. Now we've got, you know, hundreds of people that are trained in the collaborative model. I'm just going to plug collaborative right there, but. That's the point. Like, There will be more people who will get on board now because there's communication. Before, nobody knew about it. I was telling everybody for the first time. My funny joke is that a lot of collaborative practitioners in Chicago, I was their first.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: right?
1: and, but now, it's not. It's not that way anymore because more people are getting trained and there is a lot, there's more demand, I believe, than there is practitioners but the information, like, they're not finding it. Like, a lot of times people call me, oh, I wish I would have known about you when I got divorced. I go, when did you get divorced? Five years ago? I'm like, I was practicing five years ago.
0: Yeah, so, I think people listen to their they've, they've got fans. We always talk about the, the, was it the Greek chorus? One of our guests talked about that tells them how they should be getting divorced and they lose control of the process. You know, Patrick said something really interesting. That's their process. You know, I'd love to bring the conversation to, 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 um, you know, anyone, but, but definitely Patrick in terms of, I know that you bring meditation and some of the, the, the practices of sort of getting recentered to, to what you do. How do you, how do you do that? Like, we're talking about love and all these great things and I think people have great intention, but, but stuff brings you away from intention, right? Like the maelstrom that you're going through. How do you bring people back to that in the storm that is divorce?
4: The first step is that I bring myself into a, a place where I'm just holding space. Right. And I'm not, and I, I get myself very clear. So the first thing that I can do by to, to assist not interject my own things into somebody else's relationship process, right? That I am holding space for them. So that's the first step. But then the second step is, is once I have clients that are interested or open to um, learning some some techniques, um, I help them. So so in the collaborative process or in mediation, which are the types of uh, ways where I think I can be most effective, the the, the two spouses are in the room together and. They are going to get triggered most likely at some point by something that happens. And so I try to give them some techniques of what they can do to catch themselves in that moment, and then how to get themselves grounded. And I'll just give you a, a, an example. There's a You can tap your fingers and come up with a mantra that will work for yourself with each one. One of them that I like to use is like this say, I am here now. I am here now. And that's for people that like tactile, but they, they, they say to themselves, right? You give them some little thing you can do under the table and just touch their fingers, and instead of reacting or saying something they're gonna regret, they can try to bring themselves into a space. Or there's lots of different techniques like that. Other things that it depends with each person too. Um, essential oils, I think, are a fantastic way to like snap somebody um from one space to another. And so you know, I'll talk. Share that with my clients too, of ways that they they can have that on their wrist and they can just take the smell and they they can really shift uh, from being in this really spinning space to, uh, I just took a deep breath and it it shifts things in the brain chemistry. So it's really kind of dependent on the client and what they are open to and things that already work for them. Usually it's gonna be most effective if it's already something that they have done something in their lives um, and so I'll sort of assess, you know, people that are runners usually are really good with reading, right? Because right. that's why you get into a great rhythm with your breath when you're running, and it feels meditating.
0: So well, it's it's interesting as I've embraced like more meditation. I think people think and go, oh, you meditate, you must be calm all the time, and it's not that. It's knowing when you're getting outside of that and being able to bring yourself back. It's not like that you're you're like one of these, you know masters in one of these movies you know who's who's always calm and can levitate and do all kinds of great so it's it's a matter of like a a really really deep sense of self-awareness that sort of can bring you back to that
3: yeah what i say is that you know it's like things don't stop happening they just don't stick
0: around as long right no it's great yeah you know oftentimes we do hear oh it sounds so woo woo
3: you know and i always will say you know what's really woo woo are single-celled amoebas, multi organisms, and a universe that goes on for ad infinitum. And that's our lineage. So we are just beginning to tap the surface of what we're a part of. I mean, if I say, you know, we're just a thought away from peace on Earth, that sounds ridiculous to people. Yet it's totally possible. If enough, you know, critical mass of thinking and belief was there, it could happen like that. It's not like magic. So really applying that to the divorce situation where someone... As Patrick was saying, is outside of themselves and being able to use some practice that allows them to be what I call this witness of all of the stuff that's going on, you know, the physical, energetic, and emotional stuff, to then start visualizing and moving towards what they most deeply desire, which is a, in this case, a, a peaceful separation. Um, and
0: that's, okay, Well, I'm assuming that they're seeing these guys. Well, no, that's you know, but that's an interesting point, and I and I and I would ask everybody is is the key partly to to what you're talking about, Patrick, and what you were talking about, Teresa, and what we're all talking about, is having the end in mind and being deliberate in in seeking that end as opposed to just muddling through the process with what the heck you think it should look like.
4: Yeah, you still have to have the end in in mind, of course, but it's the decisions that you make along the way to get to that end that I think are going to transform or not transform you know what your experience is it will regardless it's one way or another um but yeah we still have to like in the divorce. we start to figure out what are we doing with that physical separation that all, we got to split the furniture we got to split the who's taking the house and the, those decisions all have to be made and we have to work through those it's just a matter of do we do that consciously or do we do that unconsciously
0: interesting so oh Teresa, i didn't want to cut you off there you had something to say because
1: um, one of the things that happened to me early on when I was starting to be collaborative and doing divorces is I wanted to offer every client this, you know, we're going to help you transform and we're going to give you a coach and a child specialist to help your family transform and we're going to get the money. And some people didn't really want to heal. Like they were just like, cut up the furniture, give me my retirement fund and I'm gone. Like they, and, and so it was actually hard for me to understand, like, Really, there are some people that aren't interested in transformation. They just want to get divorced, and so that's just an interesting thing to point out. Like as Patrick said, I tend to attract people for whom a holistic divorce is what they want. Um, but there are plenty of people who, as Elvis said, they may they kind of like their drama, or they 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 want to keep the fight going, maybe subconsciously, but. Just, i just I to kinda of throw that. Well and
0: that, that's a little bit about the subject we're gonna we get onto next. But first Patrick, if if people want to get hold of you, uh what's the best way to get hold of you? Um at uh Culture Conscious Family Law.
4: Yeah, so my my website is chicagoconsciouslaw.com, One word. Um and that's probably the best way to, to find me. Um and I'm on you know, LinkedIn and other places online too, but um, yeah, my website
0: Fantastic. Well, it sounds like you were talking a little about the shadow stuff, Teresa. And, you know, I know as we were kind of in our virtual green room, there, talking a little bit before this, um, you know, you kind of had to school me on that because I wasn't quite sure you're talking about. So shadow work as spiritual practice practice during divorce. Talk a little bit about that subject for us. Well,
1: and you asked what actually is shadow work. So for people who haven't heard the term, Um, Carl Jung, the psychologist, about a hundred years ago, developed archetypal psychology. He was an astrologer. He did charts for every client before he saw them. Um, He developed this concept of the shadow, which is the aspects of your personality that you suppress or you're ashamed of. You don't want them to come out, so you create yourself based on your upbringing. Like what's right, what's wrong, and if things are bad, they're pushed away. Typically, it's it's from trauma and it's a psychological tool to keep a child safe right like um for example if you grow up in a household where everybody's helpful and you're taught well you need to be helpful then that helps you get through the family but then as an adult if if being helpful means you can't say no you have to say yes or you can't ask for what you need then those are things that are pushed into your subconscious you're not allowing them up and so that's an example um so that's what a shadow is it's the part of yourself that you disown it's it's not acceptable sexuality is another great example of that you know i grew up in a household and i i think i said this on the break you know i twirled around in my dress and in, in my underwear showed i got shamed for it oh my god don't let anybody see your underpants i'm like i'm five years old who cares right I got I couldn't be free and expressive so that got shut down and so we can't talk about sexuality we're not supposed to talk about it so it gets pushed down and then it comes out sideways so what I point the reason I wanted to bring this topic up in terms of divorce is just it's very common and I, I say it as a person who experienced it myself and now as a person who works with couples that you know The shadow is the part of yourself you don't want to deal with. You judge it in other people. You think it's wrong. You label them as bad. And yet that's part of you. And so the the process of integrating that is what allows you to become whole and move on. So I'm with Patrick. I teach people how to breathe, how to stay centered. Not everybody wants this level of healing. But for those people who might be listening to this who think, oh, wow, you know, I really don't want to repeat this pattern. That's that's the, that's the process. And in my particular example I can share with you is, is that I, I did grow up not thinking it was okay to ask for what I wanted. Like, I, my job was to make sure everybody else was taken care of. And in my, in my marriage, I didn't even know how to ask for what I wanted. So, of course, you can't give me what I want because I don't know how to ask for it. And then I make him wrong for not giving me what I want. And so it's all this projection when, so this is why I say I changed it to during divorce and after divorce, right? After divorce, I realized that I was doing this because I did all the darn shadow work. In the middle, I will say this, in the middle of my divorce, I could actually see that one of my complaints against my ex-husband was that he was critical of me. And and like, but then I actually saw, wait, he's not actually criticizing me. This is me criticizing me. Like, I'm the one that has a problem. It's really not him. I actually saw that in the divorce process. So I need invite my clients, you know, to kind of when they start bitching and complaining about their spouse, I say, okay, take a deep breath now. If you're open, you know, name that. And then own it. Because what you're saying about that person really is in you asking to
0: be transmuted and transformed and integrated. Well, I saw, I saw Freddie and Elspeth. Uh, nodding a little bit, do you see sort of that shadow phenomenon in what you guys do when you're trying to help people understand how to be, how to create a relationship? Actually, what Terry just said
5: is such a beautiful example that, you know, the learning of oneself and the acknowledgement of self that may be perhaps been covered up from the coping that terry so beautifully described that we do as children to survive um, not always physically survive but emotionally survive and then we have you know appropriate certain patterns certain decisions and so even this example that Terry described you know really listening to myself so a big part of our work is to actually start listening to oneself, to the physical self, to the emotional self, to the mental, the spiritual self, the sexual self. And you can probably imagine that lots gets uncovered and what comes out on the other side is freedom. Freedom to express, freedom to ask, freedom to live fully on these dimensions, physically, sexually, emotionally, love wise mentally spiritually and so then we come into this unity to this union within where i then can you know unify with another because i'm already clear of what's going on and then i'm not meeting him or i'm not blaming him for not matching me no i'm already matched within and then i can share myself instead of
1: Needing something from the other. And I just would like to share having been through many of Elspeth and Freddie's programs, one of the beautiful benefits is they create a safe space, and then participants get to really tap into these triggers. What are the things that are blocking me from being authentic in my relationship, whether I'm in it or not? And that the techniques that they teach really do help a person own their shadow and integrate it and then be able to be in the presence of another. So that's why I like their work and I think it actually does go well with our work as divorce lawyers because that's my goal is to have people you know, really get to the place where they're strong moving on.
0: Well, it's interesting because working with so many of you in the, in the, in the family law space, I consistently hear when you're, you know, when, when someone's retained you and you're working with them, you see them in such a different light than they see themselves, but you're representing them from a legal perspective. And sometimes it's hard to, uh, to show that because a mirror is a scary thing for people, right? So, you know, you, and you've got what your responsibilities are from the legal side to do what they want you to do, right? You're not, it's their, as, as Patrick said earlier, it's their divorce. So they're going to tell you what they want. But there's so many times I hear where you're looking, and you're like, this person is actually more of the problem than they think.
1: Doug, so I just make a slight Absolutely? Point? What you just said is they're gonna tell you what they want. Okay? So I believe that one of my skills, and my guess is Patrick has it too, is asking them what do they really want? Okay, like on the surface, it's oh I want the house. But what do you really want what's important about that you know and then some you know well i want to have a relationship with my spouse when it's over well what does that mean to you well we want to be able to sit next to each other at the weddings i want to be able to go to my grandparents birthday my grandchild's birthday party so digging deeper rather than just listening to what they say because it helps them get a better result
4: yeah i would absolutely 100 percent agree with that there's a lot of Presentation of something on a surface level that isn't really the underlying need that, that a person has. So yeah, you have to drill down and help them get, get clear about that.
2: And I don't think they know, right? So part of why we did split ready in the first place, and part of why we do this podcast, is because you have to have that intention when you go into a divorce, or you're just going to kind of be the buoy in the water, bouncing around, doing you know whatever the waves come at you, and. People don't know that there's different ways to go about it. People don't know that it's not always War of the Roses. And I equated it when I was talking to a client the other day to a meal, right? If you need a thousand calories to live, you can get that at McDonald's. It's not necessarily a healthy choice. It's not going to sustain you long term. It's not gonna help you, you know, with your energy levels or your emotional well being. And so you've got to look at divorce in the same way. You can go the traditional route, or there's other ways, but A lot of people don't know about them. That's why we do this. That's why we talk about it is so that if you're going through a divorce, it doesn't have to be cookie cutter. It doesn't have to be what your sister thinks it has to be or what, you know,
0: what your spouse thinks
2: it has to be. Um, And so I think that's important. And every time I hear everyone talk in this little circle, Zoom, the word that's coming back to me is intentional, intentional, intentional. And it has to be something that you choose for yourself or you're just going to be again, the victim in your life.
3: It's almost like the whole thing comes from that. There's something wrong if there's a divorce. And sometimes a relationship has just run its course. I think that in the future, maybe not in our lifetime, but there will be a relationship by contract. So two people fall in love deeply and they want to be together. They think forever, but there is a written thing now instead of just a marriage forever. It's a contract for three years, four years, five years. And at the end of that, you renegotiate it might be you want to be in an open relationship or you want to have kids or you want to share uh, domiciles or share finances or whatever. Things could shift because what happens, it appears to me in all the relationships that we see and people that we work with is that, you know, we expect the relationship to be what it was at the beginning after 10 years or 15 years or five years. Of, and it's never what it was. It is never what it's going to be. It's what it is. But most of us miss the isness because we're so in our head and so in our evaluated, left brain calculating analytical self. So in the practices that we teach, again coming back to just the breath, even and finding some stillness and witness of this conversational stuff that happens all the time, the cha cha, you know, then we can start to then imagine and create what we most
0: deeply want, and that's what I find works really deeply well. Important. I love that, and that's that's a different perspective. And I wanna I wanna move to that, Teresa. You got something to say, and I don't wanna cut you off. There you go. Exactly. Thank you. You're hired.
1: I'm a collaborative lawyer and a mediator, and I actually have a subset of my mediation practice that I call transformative mediation for couples who are married, who want to stay married, but they don't, one or the other does not like the form that it is currently in. Okay. So I take them through some mediation, actually some tantra exercises like we did the heart to heart the other day with one couple. Um, helping them learn appreciations, but identifying the, the relationship is over. The old relationship is over. What do you want to create going forward? And we did the financial pieces because this family had financial issues. And then ultimately I draft a post nuptial agreement that like as Freddie was describing, it says, okay, this is how we're going to live our lives going forward. It's not entered in court, but it's for them, a contract between other and sets down parameters etc so that's something i offer is called transformative
0: mediation i want to have you back on to talk about that potentially on a later show because i think it's a very interesting thing and and as i said well first how can they get a hold of you for trinity family law
1: right so i my law firm is called trinity family law and you can reach me at trinityfamilylaw.com and i also have a business called trinity collaboration which is where I do coaching and speaking and astrology and those types of things um, where I'm also really very proud that I connect people with really excellent resources like Contra Nova, for example. So that is uh, Trinity Collaboration. And I have a Facebook page for both of
2: those
0: businesses. And you're on LinkedIn and everywhere. Um, we'll also have all of you guys, all of your information uh, on on the individual shows. But I want to kind of bring it home, talking a little bit about perspective. And, Freddie, I think you were kind of talking about that. And this, if you really look back on what we've talked about for the, about the last 45 minutes, it's, it's really about looking at things differently. And I would love to talk a little bit about growing through, having a new perspective during time of divorce and beyond, and, and it being a transformation and not an end of something.
3: Yeah, and, you know, creativity and new is scary because it's, uh, you know, it, it harkens us back to the fear of being wiped out. So really having tools to manage that fear, uh, obviously, and then also to be able to manage uh, whatever disappointment, sadness, or, you know, brief depression uh, in losing what you thought was going to go on the way you had envisioned it to be. And then moving towards what you most deeply desire and want to create forward. So there are particular tools that one can learn. uh, And uh, Patrick uh, alluded to it earlier in terms of meditation. And there's one meditation that I'll share with you now that your viewers can do. And we'll do it together
4: just very briefly. It'll just take about uh, 10 seconds, if that's okay. Uh,
0: Absolutely. Okay, great. So seated where you are, you sit
3: up as erect as you're comfortable on top of your sit bones. Or if you're laying down, that's fine, too. Your eyes can be open, closed, or soft focus. Great. And I want you to bring your awareness to your breath coming into your nose, down your trachea, lungs, and extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon. So put a hand on your belly, and as you inhale, fill your hand up with your belly. Really exaggerate that. Feel that belly extended to your hand. And as you exhale, follow your breath with your awareness back up and out through your nose. Continue to breathe in this fashion. I'm going to say a few more things. For most of us, we can do that for about three breaths before our mind gets busy or distracted. So be gentle with yourself when you find that happens. Just bring your awareness back to your breath, following it down into your nose, down your trachea, lungs, extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. Following your breath back up and out through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Letting your thoughts come. Letting your thoughts go. For now, just breathing and being. Feeling the rise of your belly on your inhalation. Flattening up your belly on your exhalation through your nose at your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Into the moment
5: with your eyes closed and notice how you're feeling, how your body is feeling. Notice emotional
3: state, you notice your state of
5: mind, your state of thought. Beautiful.
3: That, opening eyes. And, and just, what's different? And checking in with yourself. Great. So what happened there was we perhaps had moments of stillness where you weren't thinking and you just felt the rise of your belly and the fall of your belly and it was so peaceful. No matter what you had going on, you got to go pick up the kids. You got a big project. You got to write a brief. Whatever it might be, but for a few moments there was none of that. It was just you know stillness. So as you continue to practice this type of breathing, it, you have longer and longer periods of time where you're just watching the thought and the story. And it's from that place that you can start to move towards what you most deeply desire because you start to what I call flatten all of the the stuff going on. Elsmore wants to get in there.
5: Yeah, I want to just build on this, because that's really, Patrick, you spoke about this earlier, that that is the place where we can recalibrate so that we actually can see the blessing in the struggle, in that what is changing. Because really cultivating a new perspective around breakdown or break up is to welcome that what is you know presented to us I can either live and complain about it and there's something wrong or the new perspective is like what is there for me to be seen that I could not see without the opportunity of the um, breakdown, what I want to call it. And I have appropriated this not only in relationship matters but in life in general, that every challenge
0: so Mariah, it looked like you you had something or no?
2: Uh there's a phrase that was in a training I was in years ago that said, if something happened to you that really impacted you, um, and you don't know why it happened to you, that you just haven't learned the lesson yet. And that resonated with me, you know, why did that happen to me? haven't figured out the lesson yet but it's there and you have to do the work to get to it that kind of just triggered that from. it's one of my favorite uh phrases
3: and then once you get the why which puts us up here we have to get the energetic self in terms of how all that why affects us and that's where what work the work we do really assists people in getting further beyond what they what they've already analyzed and know so because energetically we hold on to all of that stuff as terry was saying from the past Way back, we don't even know we know. Or We're running all that stuff that's making decisions for us. So, um, yeah.
0: Well, running. it's interesting because I keep hearing out of everybody, but it seems like your guys' practice is really built on, I keep hearing growth and, and a very positive viewpoint with all of this. And, and, you know, listen, I think 2020 in and of itself, even if you're not getting divorced, has been like an outing in either you're going to deal with stuff and roll with it and respond to it or you're going to let it drag you down. And I think divorce is one of the, I can not imagine getting divorced in 2020. You know, that's like the apocalypse with all this stuff going on. But it's very interesting, this perspective that you guys have of taking it in and growing with it and not looking at it as an end. It's a It's a transition to something else and having it become... It might not be a positive, but the growth that comes from it is positive. Like I tell my kids, I don't espouse this. Everything happens for a reason. It's just not my philosophy. But I say whether well, you want to grow and learn from what happens can take what you experience and turn it into something positive or not and have it have meaning or not. And it seems like that's a lot of what you both bring.
3: Oh, right, yeah, the rain's falling and we've learned, oh God, you know, and maybe we don't it produces much vitamin D, but we go, Oh God, it's a lousy day. And that just exasperates the feeling of lousy. Or I could be Gene Kelly, I'm singing in the rain, you
0: know, right? Right. That's... Right. Well I mean the rain thing. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, you look at the at the wildfires, right? And rain being in and of itself something that's not negative. Like while it's raining on you and it might suck because it ruined your picnic, there's someone else who's dying for rain right now. So I, th- I think perspective, perspective is huge. Um, Patrick, you've been quiet on this one. What do you think? I think that's a lot of, you know, I hear when you, when I hear you talk about your practice, a lot of it's about perspective.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I agree with um, choice. And one of the things that I also do is intention setting, right? What is the intention for, um, a meeting we're going to go into. What is, I try to help. So, in a, uh, in a mediation, for example, maybe I'm not an attorney, an attorney, an assistant client going into mediation. I try to help them really get clear about what is their, what intention do they want to set for that meeting? What are their goals? What do they want? What do they want to create? And um, the more that you put into that which you actually want to create, not I want the absence, and a lot of times I think what happens is people are actually, they're asking for something that's actually the absence of what they really want, right? What is it that you really want is on the other side of that, so what intentions do you have, what perspective do you have, how can we achieve those goals in a most effective way, I I totally agree with that.
0: Well, it's interesting. I hear also a lot where you know you the one thing you can't control is what other people do, right? You can control your response. You can control all the things that you do yourself, but you can't control how somebody's gonna. You know, for me, you know, when I when I do martial arts, it's you can't pick how the person's gonna attack you. You just they're gonna attack you however they want, and how you respond to it is your choice. Um, it seems like it's kind of the same thing that that you all you know talk about in all of your practice and how you know, having the right responses is sort of key to coming out less, less scathed. You're never going to come out unscathed probably. Well, uh, did it, did it, I didn't want to cut you off. Did you have something there? Uh,
2: The other thing that everyone seems to kind of have in common, and this is coming from someone who is um, not as good at the mediating or the meditating and the uh, energy work that you guys are talking about is coming out of your head and working with, your heart and your feelings and your emotions and your anxieties, because people I think commit to divorce with their head. I need to make sure that the number that up, I need to make sure that I have, you know, this many overnights, or I need to make sure that, you know, I get 50% of the retirement plan, whatever numbers or facts or, you know, data is in their head to get past that. uh, As you said, Freddie, and then what do you do with the why and move into the, the physical and the emotions, I think is where a lot of people don't even know there's work to be done. I need to source
0: out resources to help them do it. Well, this has been a great show. I want to thank all of my guests. I just dropped my piece of paper, so I'm going to pick it up right here. But I want to thank our guests, uh, Dr. Elspeth Moit. I got that right, right? Awesome. I got it right. Freddie Uh, Zentel uh, Weevil um, Or Weaver, I'm sorry. My handwriting is terrible. The founders of the Tantra Nova Institute. um, Patrick Kolsher. Uh, founder and uh, owner of the Culture Conscious Family Law, and Teresa Baron uh founder and owner of Trinity Family Law. And um, again, all their information will be available to everybody. You know, I like to end the show to tell people, you know, I think people look at us, uh, Mariah and I, and they say, you guys are split ready. You're about divorce. And we're really not, you know, having guests like you on um, really is what we're about. It's about um, you know, a conscious approach to uncoupling. We're about, you know, our business is about everything but what you guys talked about, right? It's about the the finances and, and approaching it in in a logical manner, doing all that, but it can't be done without what you guys do. So thanks for coming on our show and 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 addressing our listeners. Uh, and I always like to say, if anybody out there knows anybody considering divorce or if they're considering divorce, uh, it really, really makes sense to use some of the resources you can find at Split Ready. Use the resources we have on our show. Take the Split Ready uh, assessment. You can take it at www.splitready.com and have an idea how Split Ready you are. Uh, subscribe to the show. We're on YouTube, where, wherever you get your podcasts, and, and share the information. Um, anything you want to end with, Mariah?
2: Always say that it is possible to come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and hopefully your sense of humor intact.
0: So fantastic. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you in October. Bye bye.